Hey, listeners. Or as we like to say, our nosy neighbors. I'm Mary. And I'm Kylie. And we are the hosts of Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. We cover well to not so well-known solved cases. Find us on your favorite podcast platform. See you in our neighborhood. neighborhood. Cheers. No, five, four, three, two. Welcome to the podcast of Do You Know the Mob? I'm your co-host, Samuel Bratton. And virtually right in front of him is Brandon Ellis. It's true. Virtually, he is always right in front of me. I'm looking him dead in the eye. It's true. It's very interesting, virtually. We have some terrific news, folks. We have some great news. Brandon the Ellis has made it back safely with his wife, unharmed, from Europe, where we were had our concerns. You know, we do we do talk about the mafia. We like to think it's more history, but... uh. He was a little too close to home, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we take this job so seriously that we want to go and investigate every area of history that they have come from. Because that's and, what Brandon was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was not sitting on the coast drinking a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you weren't taking in the beauty. You were investigating the Italian mob, the Sicilian mob. All the oh, all man. the historical facts. I'm sure that's yeah. what what did Hannah say once? Uh, oh yeah, ever since we've been married, we stop and read all the signs. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, though, we were in uh, we were in Naples, and Hannah's like, "Is the mob here?" <laughs> I was like, "Brandon, blink twice if you need me to call for help." <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. we're we're glad you made it safe, Brandon. Which uh, which was your favorite uh, spot that you vacationed in that? Gosh, it felt like you were going for like three weeks, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, it was 10 days, but we did backpack. We carried only carry-on luggage. Um, it was actually mm-hmm. Florence, Italy, which was in the north section. Um, it was really pretty. A lot of Renaissance art. So I love the museums. I'm proud of you. That's great. Uh, yeah, I was seeing Logan Jennings the other day, and he was like, uh so is Brayden like ever coming back <laughs> <laughs> it it felt like we were gone for a while although it was very nice to uh be back at our house mm-hmm. well Brayden, uh before we get into our episode just because you were on vacation doesn't mean we can't throw you back into the trivia ring so Ooh. that's what we'll do <laughs> let's go folks we are we are sad that we were gone a couple weeks but we're always back we always come back just like a bad disease. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, baby. We're so, crying. Brandon, I'm going to I'm gonna throw you kind of a fun one. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Nothing to do with where you went. It's totally out of thin air. I want you to name the top 10 wealthiest actors, male actors. Top 10 wealthiest actors. So, okay. give it your best shot. And yeah. I went purely off, like, money like net worth like don't it you know obviously film is a big part of their income but i for all i know these numbers could also 
come from, you know, sponsors and who know music, what else, whatever else they got into. So give well, me your best shot. One of my first thoughts was someone that probably got a lot of money from private business. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll name that person, although I don't think he's number one, Ryan Reynolds. Brad oh, what, a, what a good looker. Oh, two of them. Oh, so good. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Pratt. He's pretty big now. I'll, go, I'll throw Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth in there. All the oh, All the Hollywood Chris's. Uh, oh, man. You're good. You're good. Think, got, think of uh, kind of the old timer. Someone's been in the business a while. Clint Eastwood. There we Ooh. go. Uh, I, like. I know who else you're trying to tell me right now, and he's Indiana Jones. I can't remember his name right now. I'll help you out. That would be uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Two left. Let's think. Mm, uh, two good ones. Who's in a lot of movies? Who's in a lot of TV shows? Who's directed? I mean, you know what? We were talking about The Office before we started. The very one and only Michael Scott. Yeah, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, that's right. Steve Carell. I hear you. I hear you. And um, you know, this is this is an outside one. I don't think it's right, but um, John Krasinski. Oh well, I tell you what, Brandon, this was tricky because there's just so many out there. So I'm not gonna lie, he didn't do great, but that's okay. Oh no. <laughs> well, it's there. It's like you name famous ones, you have a lot of money, I'm sure. But you know, top ten can only be top ten. Uh, first off. In the Hollywood Chris's, who's your uh, who's your hottest Chris? Would you say? Oh, it's Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris who? Chris Pratt, and then Chris Evans. I mean, can't forget Captain America. <laughs> Honestly, I got I got I got to double check uh, a photo the, the, right now. Let's live Google. It's tough. I feel like Chris Pine gets overlooked. I'm just gonna say. Well, I was gonna say Chris Pine may be my number one. <laughs> Mmm, mm, controversial uh, opinion there. It is hot, hot take. Hot it's a take. hot. It's a hot take. Hemsworth <laughs> got the muscles, but that's all CGI. Yeah. Well, um, regardless, Brandon, here's your top ten. All right. So number. Should I start with number one? I'll start number with number ten. One. Number ten. I'll start with number ten. The one and only. I'll be back. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my gosh. Can't forget the governor of California. (laughs) I saw the other day there was a video of him, like, fixing a pothole on a street because he couldn't wait on the government that wasn't getting to it. And I was like, well, you know you guys are in trouble when you can't even. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, still working for the state. Number nine, and there's a disappointment on us, Brandon, because we need to go see the Irishman since we're doing this podcast. But Robert De Niro. Robert you know, I thought his name and I couldn't remember the first one. I could only remember duh. 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 Robert De Niro. Number eight, the one and only George Clooney. George Clooney. It's okay, Brandon. This was tough. <laughs> now, this one might surprise you, but he's been around a while in the biz, in the biz, the showbiz. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's a couple actors. I actually don't know who they are. This one's one of them. Um, Shaw Rukon. So, um, can't forget we got Bollywood and got these other, you know, industries oh, out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you did get this one right. Number five, Tom Cruise, mm. the one and only mm. Mission Impossible, baby. But Brandon, the one who's, oh, I swear he's in every movie, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh. He's number four. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, number three, Tyler Perry. 
Tyler Perry's been around. Wow. And then number two, the funniest of all, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. He's successful. And then number one, Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz. I don't even so, know who that is. Me either. So there's your top ten uh, most uh, wealthy actors. Again, that's through you know all net worth and stuff. But uh, regardless, Brandon. <laughs> oh, that's okay, buddy. It's okay. We'll find uh, we'll find some better next time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today's episode is a good one. We have um, another historical guy from the South. Someone who is African-American and was big in the drug business way back in like the 70s, 60s, 70s, uh, involved in those, you know, cocaine epidemic and stuff. That would be Frank Matthews, a.k.a. the Black Caesar. So the Black Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't uh, put the fear of God in you, what else does, Brandon? <laughs> I mean, Caesar, it's just up there. I just always think of like the play of the apes. She's like Caesar. <laughs> I was thinking of salad. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Um, there was a really funny commercial the other day that had to do with like them about to you know kill Caesar or kill Caesar, but then it was like have a beer instead or I don't know. It was funny. Have the beer, but yeah, they or like have Snickers. Yeah. Um. All right. So Frank Larry Matthews was born on February 13th, 1944, in Durham, North Carolina. Brandon, have you ever been to Durham? I have been to Durham before. Mm, it's a nice run trail out there. Durham. I've been out there for uh, for some work before in my life. Oh. He was raised by his aunt after his mother died when he was four. And at some point, he earned the nickname Pee-wee. <laughs> not, not, not the nickname he wanted to start out with. But he didn't. it's not how you start. That's how you finish, right? That's true. <laughs> he was a fairly good student, but he dropped out of school when he was in the seventh grade. So, you know, good student doesn't mean you stick with it. Uh, instead, Matthew started a gang that stole chickens from farms around Durham. Brandon, is that what you and your hoodlum friends did back in Oklahoma, stealing chickens? <laughs> we went big more big time. We stole cattle. <laughs> 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 After one such attempt, a farmer caught Matthews, who assaulted him. <laughs> Matthews mm. was arrested and charged with theft and assault. He spent a year in reform school in nearby Raleigh, and then he moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania after his release. Soon he got involved in number a numbers racket. Brandon, can you share what a numbers racket is? Yes, of course. So, Numbers Racket, they've been operating in the United States for well over a century now. Um, it's a form of illegal gambling, and which is a legal lottery. And it's mostly made up of poor working class people that can get, you know, basically just pick a three-digit number. And those are randomly drawn every day. And, um, yeah, they get money off of it. Obviously, it's a racket. It's illegal. They're, they're usually very cheap. Like, yeah, they're usually very cheap, like p penny bets or something like that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So through this racket, Matthews became closely connected to the members of the Black Mafia, which we're going to get to in a, in a minute. Um, so this was, you know, organized crime family dealing in high amounts of drugs, so much bigger than the numbers racket. He was arrested in 1963 for drug-related crimes, but avoided jail by agreeing to leave the city of Philadelphia. So soon after, he moved to Brooklyn 
and he started running in numbers again. <laughs> so, you know, really, really changed his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the numbers proved to be less fruitful, as you can imagine. And so Matthews turned back to drug dealing once again. Uh, by then, he, the Italian mafia was the leader of the wholesale drugs, which, you know, we've been over several times. And he attempted to work for the Gambino and the Bonanno families, who we've obviously done several episodes on those family members. Um, and then this, but then he met uh, Spanish Raymond Marquez, Spanish Raymond's kind of his nickname, Marquez, who gave him his first kilo of cocaine and a guarantee for more in the future if he could sell it all. All right. Mm. So if you could deal, you got to, you got, if you could distribute, you got a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> the partnership to be one of the most successful in drug crime history. Matthews frequently received shipments of cocaine and heroin from South America. And, you know, so there's, you know, people from the, uh, uh, yeah, South America, Central America. By the 1970s, Frank Matthews was handling millions of dollars worth of drugs, making nearly $10 million in 1972. Wow. I wonder what that is in today's money. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Eventually, Matthews had his operation running through New York City, Philadelphia, and a number of other major cities. And they became the wholesaler. to the Black Mafia. So, Brandon, can you share what exactly the Black Mafia is or was? Yeah, of course. The Black Mafia came about in the 1960s and was allegedly formed by Samuel Christian, who later adopted the name Suleiman Bey, and he worked with the Nation of Islam. So, another (laughs) side fun note, but it was an African-American organized crime syndicate based out of Philadelphia. And it was known for illegal crab games, illegal drugs as well. And it held a large portion of control over Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley area. Hmm. And so Matthews often went to Las Vegas to have the money laundered. You know, Brandon, I swear this podcast, it always goes back to Vegas. <laughs> for the money, miss. Can't, can't get away from it. So they were having it laundered at the casinos for a low fee. He was arrested while he was there, and he was released soon after, leaving for a meeting in Atlanta for drug dealers in black and Latino communities. Brandon, I don't know if you mentioned this, but they were the black mafia was big about just hiring black and Latino uh, people. That was, a big, mm. that was a big thing for them. Um, and I think Matthews was no exception to that. He was, he, he was a proponent of that. When the DEA caught wind of this meeting, they began to monitor the attendees. The meeting, it was decided that the leaders would begin to sell a wider range of drugs, possibly to throw off investigators from their larger operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, on another trip to Vegas in 1972, the DEA received a tip that gave them the legal action to tap his hotel phone lines. Nothing like the old big brother listening in, you know? Old big brother. Brandon, do you have a Alexa or a Google over there? Or? <laughs> I do not. I Good. do not. Don't don't want them hearing, hearing all the stuff you have to say. <laughs> it's getting deep um, now. <laughs> after overhearing his conversation about a coming transaction, the transaction never happened. And Matthews entered a feud with a member of the Genovese crime family because the drugs were not delivered. That same year, police were finally able to arrest Matthews in Florida. He was charged with attempting to sell 40 pounds of cocaine. Brandon, I'm not an expert, but that seems like a lot of cocaine. <laughs> a lot of cocaine. Matt, like uh, Matthews, programs. you know, don't let this give you any ideas for my bachelor party, by the way. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We <laughs> Sounds like the hangover. <laughs> when uh, it wasn't the movie The Hangover, like the cocaine just flies out everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Matthews flew back to Las Vegas one last time where he was arrested again. He was charged with six counts of tax evasion, just like our boy Al Capone, <laughs> and uh, conspiracy to distribute heroin and cocaine. He faced up to 50 years in prison. But then in 1973, Matthews never arrived at his court hearing in Brooklyn. Get this, Brandon. It is rumored that Matthews took $20 million and his girlfriend and fled outside the U.S. to avoid conviction. What? He left. Yeah, he just left. And he left his entire family, his wife, three sons, and the mansions in New York. Like, just like that was the last I saw of him. So he left it all, took the money and ran. Um, he had just purchased the Staten Island house that was a neighbor in the neighborhood with the Italian mafia. So obviously he was buddy buddies with these guys. The FBI has put out a bounty for Matthews for $20,000 at, at the time, at the time. It was the highest amount set by the agency ever since John Dillinger. Hmm. Today, back to always goes to our first episode, yeah. Today, there are many theories about what happened to Frank Matthews. Some believe he escaped Venezuela to hide out with, with Marquette, Raymond Marquez. Others believe he may have been captured by other crime families or the Black Mafia. More believe he is still alive today. And he would be 71, 72 years old today if he's still alive. His oh whereabouts God. are unknown. What a crazy ending to our episode. <laughs> we do not get that one ever, I think, where there may still be alive. Well, and this won't be a surprise to you, Brandon, but this is one of the ones that we were given to one of our listeners, given by one of our listeners. So this this uh, this good listener of ours has given us some good content. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm appreciating the listener feedback on this uh, with, you know, giving suggestions and what what you're hoping to hear, because, I mean, Sam and I never heard of this. Per- I'd never heard of this person. You know, we we it's in our tagline. We are unprofessionals doing a history podcast. Online. So we, we stand by that. <laughs> professionals with a professional opinion. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but yeah, if anybody has any um, listener feedback, we do appreciate it at do you know the mob at gmail.com. But uh, but yeah, that might be one of the craziest ones we've done yet, Brandon. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> I yeah. I hope I really hope they find out that that'd make a good documentary. It'd just be good for our news. It'd be good good to the history books, say the least. So. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure to subscribe and follow us. Uh, we need a hundred followers on Spotify to get ads back, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because um you know obviously a good listener would be like, well I don't want to listen to ads. <laughs> Fast forward but, to the ad. <laughs> but we didn't tell you that. Wink wink. Didn't tell you that. Well, uh, thank you for listening to Do You Know the Mob? I'm your co-host, Sam Braden. And this is Brandon.